We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vince, are you ready for rapid fire? Cheers, Sean Styers. I'm ready to go. All right. Fill in the blank. DJ Brown spoke at the media yesterday. Didn't have to be there, but he was. And that's blank. Incredibly mature, uh, especially based on what he said. I give that kid a lot of credit because he did not have to. He could have just went to class or hidden his room or, you know, whatever, because he is taking a lot of heat and for his play on the field, deservedly so, right? But he's still a human being. And take it from someone who knows what it's like to get hammered online. Uh, <laughs> he's taking it like a champ, man. And I I give him a lot of credit for going in front of the media. I give him a lot of credit. Now, Notre Dame media, outside of maybe one person, is, a ve- is very positive. Like, they're not going to try to hammer him in a press conference, right? But you still got to do it. You still got to answer those questions. You still got to man up and talk about it. I and mean, I mean, I it came up credit. The stuff came up about yeah. the intercept, you know, like not holding on to the ball and, and that kind of stuff. And it's like, you got to give big kudos man, to this kid because he is, he is not a star at Notre Dame, but he was, you know, a, a pivotal player in the game Saturday and the ball obviously didn't bounce his way a couple of different times. And he could have easily just said, no, I don't want to do it. But he came out there. And when he was asked why he came out there and wanted to talk about it, here's what he said. Quote, great players make mistakes. Great players miss shots. Michael Jordan has missed the game-winning shot. For me, if I don't learn from this game, the Ohio State game, then I've failed. I feel like I just want everybody to know I've moved on. I'm looking forward to Duke. I acknowledge where I could have been better. And I know when I'm in that position, whatever game it is, I'm going to be, I'm going to be grateful for what happened against Ohio State. I feel like I've prepared for that moment. For me, it's just wiping the dirt off and just moving on, honestly. End quote from DJ Brown. And I mean, what more do you want from a player? Yeah. Then a response like that, when again, he could have just stayed in his dorm room or his apartment, I guess, probably now this, yeah. at this point in his career. Well, but he could an adult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could have just finished practice, gone home and not dealt with it. And I yeah. think you've got to give major props 
for him showing up and, and for that response that he gave. Well, that's leadership, right? I mean, that that's the definition of a leader. No matter what he does on the field, this is the definition of a leader. And this is, and I again, I've said this, I think, three times in this show. I know it sounds corny. I'm going to show my son this right here because this is what you want your players to be like. And this is a microcosm, in my opinion, of what Marcus Freeman is building. It is. And to, to be able to trot him out or you know i'm sure he went to marcus freeman and said i want to talk i want to be out there whoever he went and said that to that's that's man i i give a lot of credit because big time at the end of the day it's not about football it's not about sports it's about growing adults right and this is an adult move right here because i know plenty of adults that would not have owned up like this yep yep good on him big time We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so I know I think probably most of our fans have probably seen this. We haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. I just it came up. I saw it right before the show yesterday and Jesse kind of mentioned it. I hadn't had a chance to like kind of see all the This is great. The details of this. Oh, so here I, it is. I read the article, Sean, and I just <laughs> I'm just shocked that that article made it. Like Anyway, gonna continue. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you gotta you gotta let me get the topic yeah, out there. You're before right. You, before you're you right. go down that road. So this guy from the Michigan State Rivals site, Spartans Illustrated, he says Marcus Freeman is Michigan State's best option to replace Mel Tucker. Among the things this guy, Rico Beard, says, Freeman is making in the two and a half to $3 million a year range at Notre Dame, Michigan state could throw like 6 million bucks a year at him, you know, more than double his salary. That would be an inducement. He mentions that they're building a $30 million football facility that could entice Freeman. He mentioned Freeman's ability as a recruiter as one of his assets. I don't know. Maybe if you think I'm leaving anything out here, you can, 
you can add to it. But do you see any way Marcus Freeman would leave Notre Dame for Michigan State? Zero. Zero chance. I don't care if they offered him, you know, double the money and gave him a stake in how much money that they make, like a percentage of the profits or what. Like, there's, there's, there's no way that he leaves Notre Dame for Michigan State. This isn't 1966. This is 2023. He took over a Notre Dame team that was on the cusp of greatness. Okay, they were on the cusp. They couldn't ever get over the, the over the hump, right? We've talked about that a million times. They couldn't get over the hump. His recruiting at Notre Dame has been stellar, right? Now, could he do a good job of recruiting at Michigan State? Yeah. Of course he could. He I think he would recruit. I, I think he'd re, he would recruit above Michigan yes. State's status. 100%, but they'll never be a top three or top five recruiting class to Michigan State consistently. That's never going to happen. Yeah. And to compete in the Big Ten is going to be really, really hard on a regular basis. I mean, you have an in-state school that you've got to compete against that's kicking your tush in recruiting right now. The bottom line is, yes, Michigan State has some history you know, in football, no, Notre Dame's history is unmatched. There's no chance Marcus Freeman leaves Notre Dame for Michigan State. Zero. Right. The, the, you know, the only real consideration is, like, would Marcus Freeman and his agent play that, oh, we've got an offer for Michigan State. You know, may, you know yeah. try to get a raise. You know, that, that kind and that's, of thing. And that's fine. Yeah. No problem with that. I just, you know, I, I just feel like this guy is – you know, like Dan Lanning was like, we're playing for wins. They're playing for clicks. You know, this guy is definitely playing for clicks <laughs> with, oh, with this because yes. it's not based in reality. It's just you're not going to leave Notre Dame for a I, – I, like, do we consider Michigan State an upper-tier Big Ten program even, or do we consider them mid-tier? Because they're definitely not – they're hovering Michigan, between, Ohio State, or Penn right. State. You're they're starting hovering. off below them. Yeah. And they're basically, you know, with Iowa and Wisconsin, probably in that next I think that's so, fair. I think so, that's fair. Like upper mid tier kind of thing. Upper mid. If you yeah. made like four groups, you had like upper and then upper mid, lower mid, and then low. I think that I think they would they would fall in the upper mid. Michigan yeah. State, be, be, and because of that, and you're obviously adding all these other schools, you're adding Oregon, Washington, <laughs> USC coming in. So, it's I mean, you're help. going to be mid pretty soon. And it's just like Michigan State, I'm sorry, is the kind of place that be, because of that, because of the fact that you're always going to be second fiddle to the guys who are just a little bit south of you and to Ohio State and to Penn State, you're hoping for a few good years and probably move on and bounce to the next places. I've already seen somebody mention Nick Saban couldn't win at Michigan state. And I mean, you know, and that's, that's what you're looking for because you're just not going like D'Antonio stayed there for a long time. He probably ultimately stayed longer than he should have. Um, like he probably could have gone someplace and, and, uh, been more comfortable, you know, at a higher profile program. But I think that that given today's state of college football, the best case you're hoping for at Michigan State is to have a handful of good years and then turn that into a springboard Correct. for one of the higher actual high profile programs, which is Notre Dame, where he's already at. Yeah, 
which There's, makes no sense. The, the only benefit to Marcus Freeman to going to Michigan State would be the paycheck that the guy Correct. mentioned off the top. Assuming, you know, that that that's what he could get, you know, that he could get and, a pay And what's crazy to me is, like, you've got Michigan State fans who are actually debating this, you know, like, oh, Marcus Freeman's not good enough for Michigan State. You've got some of them saying. And then on the other hand, it's it's like, you know, the 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 delusional Michigan State fans who think that this is a great natural fit and he would be better off up there. It's just funny looking at the faction. Oh, yeah. You know, the factions fighting over whether whether or not Marcus Freeman well, is suitable when he's he's more than suitable. And I just I, no, it would never happen. There, there's people that want Marcus Freeman fired, you know, from Notre Dame fans. And so, they, you know. You have to find the happy medium of where the reality actually lies. The reality is he's not leaving Notre Dame for Michigan State. The other reality is, you know, maybe his salary is two and a half to three million, but he also has a deal with Under Armour. He also has a deal with this. He also has a deal with that. Like he's making plenty of money. And a lot of those other sponsorships aren't going to be around if he's at Michigan State. They're around because he's at Notre Dame. So let's be real honest here. Maybe he could cash in for a little bit more, but he's not an idiot. He's not taking the short-term pay increase for the long-term headache that is Michigan State right now. That campus is a disaster with everything that's gone on there over the past five or six years. I wouldn't want to have anything to do with the culture of athletics at Michigan State right now. From, From women's gymnastics to the football coaches getting fired, all of that stuff. Every time w- you turn around, it's just. I wouldn't want to be anywhere near that. Toxic. Toxic. Yes. You know, and, and Chris Kleeman at Kansas State apparently pulled his name out. He made the announcement that he's not interested in Michigan State. If Chris Kleeman ain't going, Marcus Freeman's not going anywhere. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I think it's hilarious, though. Hey, you know what? Keep thinking big, Michigan State. Just, yeah. just keep thinking big, baby. I love it. Sparty on. Yep. So here's a couple questions Irish defensive coordinator Al Golden got at his media session yesterday. Question, with Thomas Harper playing so well and Jack Kaiser playing so well, how do you get them both on the field? Answer from Al Golden. We talked about that. We have to mix Harp in a little bit more at safety, and Jack's numbers are going to go up. Jack's played well the last two games, and he probably got shortchanged. I don't know the numbers from the other day. Question, 10 snaps. Not really a question, but, you know, kind of a response. Ten snaps is what he got. Answer. So not enough. So we need to get his numbers up. Question. It's a challenge, right? Because he's a rover. You want to play nickel. Answer. Yeah. I mean, it's always a challenge. But, yes, we need to rotate more as a defense. So Vince Kaiser, despite this low snap total, is still Notre Dame's leading tackler right now, despite the lack of snaps. So what do you make of of all this <sighs> there's a lot to dissect a lot to unpack as they say uh, yes. at church on on sundays um <laughs> they say that at church there's a lot oh, to unpack oh yeah they'll read you know a bunch of some of the bible and there's a lot to unpack here let's let's <laughs> let's settle in um does jack kaiser need to be on the field more yeah he does and as the defensive coordinator you need to figure out a way to make that happen because he is your leading tackler. He obviously is doing something right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I also think that Thomas Harper is playing well, despite some of the nonsense that people gave him after the Ohio State game. I mean, he did the best he could against what was being thrown at him. 
I kind of like the idea of putting him at safety a little bit more, especially based on the way the safeties have played this year overall, right? So I have no problem with 13 getting some safety snaps if that allows Jack Kaiser to come in and play a little bit more as well. So look, it's his job to figure out how to get the right personnel on the field, hint, hint. But I, it, it's going to be interesting because they do kind of play the same quote-unquote position because of the nickel and the base and, and all of that. It's like one or the other. So how does he balance that? Well, that's his job. He needs to figure out how to make that happen because they both need to be on the field. And it's we saw that that it, even though Jack Kaiser ended up leading the team in tackles against Central Michigan when Bertrand was out, that middle linebacker is not where he needs to be. I thought maybe we'd see him more in a rotation at at, at the other linebacker spot with Maris Leofal, but that's not what we've seen. We've seen mostly Maris, and we know that Maris did not have his – much as he was on the field, he didn't have a tackle against Ohio State the other day. And the biggest conundrum appears to be what you talked about and what the question was, because he's a rover and because they play so much nickel against these teams with the extra receiver out there, the only real way, even, even if you move Thomas Harper back to safety, that's not necessarily going to guarantee that Kaiser's going to get on the field as the rover. Because right. you don't want him, you know, over there trying to cover a receiver. So I don't know. Uh, unless something gives, and number eight's going to come off the field more. Right, right. And which, you know, Saturday would not have been a bad decision based on the way things were going. Right. I mean, that's. Yeah. But that's your job as a coach is to realize when guys aren't playing well and make make an adjustment, make a change. Right. I mean. There was a kid that wasn't playing well in the soccer game last night. Two minutes into the second half, that kid gets subbed out because he's not playing well. Like that's what you—that's what you do. That's what you do as a coach. You don't just—we got to keep riding him. You know he's going to pan out of it. Like no, no, you make the change, and it's so much easier in a football game, in a soccer game, because you can do these rolling changes and you can get guys in and out. You know, as opposed to other sports like baseball, because like once you take them out, like you can't put them back in. You know, what I mean? so you've got to make those adjustments. You've got to make those personnel changes. And as Ryan says, problem is you have to figure out your nickel. For sure, yeah, for sure. Agreed. Uh, so Bill said today he read Marist had three tackles. The person keeping the score sheet made mistakes. I don't know that is correct. I haven't seen that and there's not necessarily a score sheet there's a whole booth full of people correct doing stats it's not there. like a dad they pulled out of the stands yeah. you know there's like basically because i did this a few years ago there's one person with <laughs> binoculars true. who is watching the field and on the given play they call out the number of the person who made the tackle and they uh you know and if there's an assist they call that number out as well and that's, you know, then there's a person sitting there with, with an input on the computer and they input those numbers into the computer. Now, the coaching staff can also go back and many times they will go back and do it themselves to make sure that, sure. that the numbers are being credited where they're supposed to be. I don't know. I'd have to go back. Maybe and, that happened. I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to go back and, 
and look and see if maybe Marist was credited with some stats that have been put up there since then. I don't know. Maybe I, I, I looked at the uh, the stat cast, you know, from Saturday. I still have it up on my computer. And it's definitely not on there. There's definitely nothing there for him. So give me a second here and let me see if uh, I'll go to not the stat cast because it would, I, I don't think it would have been changed in. You don't think there, it would have been updated there? All right. Which but is definitely true. It would true. be changed on the. Where is it? The, you know, the actual online box score. Sure. Is kept. And I'm looking for that right now. And um, let's see. I'm not seeing the right link that I needed there. So let me go back to this other one here real quick. I know this is exciting and enthralling for people to hear as I search for this. Okay. There's the defensive stats. Any number eight? There is nothing for Maris Leofel. Yep. For tech. There, there you go. Yeah. So, I don't know. Again, I don't know where that information came from that they, they might have changed it. Uh, corn beef hash. Something I love, by the way. Love a good corn beef hash. Do you guys really believe Golden is going to change? Mm. What is Golden's scheme? I'm having a hard time figuring out what their identity is. Few sacks, quarterback pressures, few turnovers created. Well, they had a bunch of quarterback pressures in the last game. They just didn't get home. I mean, I think they had 27 quarterback hurries or pressures or whatever that Pro Football Focus does. Uh, it was a high number. I know that. Um, but they're not getting they're not getting home. They're not getting the sacks. And Brian will tell you, as long as you're getting the pressures, it doesn't necessarily matter. You get the sacks. I We'll have to agree to disagree, but at the same time, fine. We have some common ground in there someplace as long as the quarterback pressure is forcing some, you know. See, that's, that's interesting that pro football focus would have that a high number because according to the official stat sheet, they had two hurries on Saturday. Yeah, they had a bunch of pressure numbers. And Ohio State had like 15, something like that. Okay. So, I don't know. Um, I don't have access to that. That's the number that Brian read on Monday night during uh, during our show. So I'm just going to go with what he had to say. But, uh, you know, look, he wants to pressure. He wants to bring pressures from different areas. You know, he wants to bring corners. He wants to bring safeties. He wants to bring, you know, do twists and stunts. I just don't think it's attacking enough. I think when they're doing their twists and their stunts, they're just staying at the line of scrimmage and not attacking. I want to see them attack, you know, what is his scheme? I'm sure that he's got some sort of a name for it. That's fine. Um, you know, it just needs to be more sound. That That's my issue. Like, I'm fine with bringing pressures. It just needs to be more sound. As to whether or not he's going to change, I would say no. The only way he's going to change is if he is told, I think, by the head coach this is what I want in, in, you know, in this situation, you know, like that's, I think that's the only way that's going to happen. And Marcus Freeman seems to have complete trust and has given, you know, autonomy to Al Golden to run his defense because the way he's calling it right now, you know, maybe we seen a, have we seen a big change in approach? Probably, you know, did we see, Fewer blitzes against Ohio State, yeah, because I think that they were 
concerned about giving up some big plays and stuff Which, like that. So they didn't yep. blitz quite For as sure. much, but they still obviously ended up giving some big crucial plays because of how soft they played with that zone that we talked about earlier. But I just, I don't think we're going to see any drastic changes from the way Al Golden I agree. calls defense. I just I don't see that. And Matt said, Driscoll said that Marist had some uh, tackles he was involved in, but were not counted. That may or may not be true, but that's also subjective in terms of whether or not the people I was just talking about in that booth doing the stats want to credit and assist or not. You know, like, who do they want to credit assist to? Do, do they really think that right. you know he was a part of the tackle? Did he just get there and, you know, kind of do a – a Jalen Smith when he was with the Cowboys and jump on the pile at the end and, and those kind of things. Right. Right. You know? Right. So being involved, being in the area, you know, right. forcing a guy to cut inside or whatever, you know, and again, it's not the, you know, the stat line is not the be all end all. I mean, you got to watch the film to see if a guy was effective, right? A lot of times where he was not effective. And even if he ended up with three assists in that game, that's not enough from that position. That's no. what I'll say. That's not enough. No, and it's not enough because of the high snap count that he is playing out there. Now, we've talked about it before. He's played better this year. You, oh, yeah. you do have to give him that. But he did. He had his worst game, I think, of the season. Right. Saturday against Ohio State in, yep. you know, against the Agreed. best team that he's played. So American Conference Commissioner Mike Oresco supports, says he supports a 5-plus-7 college football playoff model if the Pac-12 ceases to exist. And remember, there's only two teams, but technically the Pac-12 is still alive right now, and they're trying to find sure. a way to stay alive. So it's a change from the originally approved 6-plus-6. Six six. In other words, currently it's the six best conference champions as the automatic qualifiers and then six at-large spots the next six highest ranked teams five plus seven would be just the five best conference champs and then seven at large bids so do you buy or sell the potential change to the five plus seven well it's a huge buy if the pac-12 no longer exists right i mean that's makes perfect sense you subtract one because there's only four power conferences it'd be the power four instead of the power five right and so it would be four plus the best conference champion from the group of five or however many there's going to be, right? And then you have seven at large. That's 100% exactly how you would do it. The fact that <laughs> the fact that one guy's getting credit for this idea is hilarious. Like this is called the common sense uh change to the 12 team playoff and the hilarious part is that it's been tabled. Like this suggestion has been tabled for now quote-unquote, uh, because they're not ready to rule on it. I'm sure that they're hoping that the Pac-12 survives and they're not going to have to change the ruling, but it's ridiculous. Like, well, if the Pac- I mean, change it. Come on. Well, here's here's the deal. Here's the question from Salty. Does switching to the five plus seven help or hurt the group of fives? And it hurts the group of fives because as of right now, if the Pac-12 goes away and, and there are six automatic bids then it's going to go to one of the group of fives and i you know i heard like some some kind of historical what it would have looked like the last few years 
that second group of five is going to be teetering on even being ranked in the top oh, 25. It's going to be, a, you know, a much worse group of five type team that gets in, which is obviously why if you're a power five, and especially when you're stacking all these power fives with all these different programs, you don't want that sure. low tier group of five getting in. But the other problem is just like, the whole back and forth about whether or not they were going to expand, remember, over the last two years before they finally approved it is you still got two years left on the current contract. So what that means is it's got to be a unanimous vote to get anything to pass. So the group of fives are going to hold out and say, oh, no, sure. we don't want it. We want to keep it as it is. So and I then I get you know, it. I get it. Yeah. I understand. But you're you know absolutely. I mean? Yeah. Like if you want the best teams in, you want this five plus seven. You don't want the six right. plus six. I mean, look, here's the deal. Because even the Pac-12, even if they survive, they're basically going to be an overblown group of five. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And let's say, let's say they did it, you know, you got the projection of the, of the five, right? Or whatever. Let's say Notre Dame's the fifth seed or the sixth seed, for example, and there's no Pac-12, right? That means that Notre Dame would be playing a conference champion from a group of five conference that's not even ranked in the first round of the playoffs. Woo! Like, who gets excited for that? That That's my problem with the whole yeah. thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that would be my issue with it. I totally understand where the group of five teams are coming from. They're looking for that payday, baby. They're looking for that payout. They're looking mm-hmm. for the recognition. I would 100% be doing exactly what they're doing and holding out and not voting on it. 100%. But the big picture, as a fan of college football in general, that first game is going to be a dud. That's not something that I want to watch. Salty says, Utah's head coach Kyle Whittingham said the Utes are going to the Big Ten. Is Utah football a good fit in the Big Ten? And are they going to the Big Ten in the next round oh they're actually God. going to the big 12 so i was gonna say i didn't think i think that, that kyle is a little confused on what his uh future address is gonna be <laughs> are they are they officially going to the big 12 like i can't even yes i can't even keep it straight anymore yeah i mean that's why there's okay. two teams left okay in the, okay. the pack 12 because yeah. they're one of the teams going to the big 12 so are they a good fit in the big 10 they are better fit in the big 10 than than ucla and uh and usc because of the way they play the game if I'm being honest, true, because they play more kind of run the ball, smash mouth, physicality, mm-hmm. you know, all those things that Ohio State lacks, according to Lou Holtz. Uh, that's what Utah has in spades. And so they're kind of they're going to be the odd duck in the Big 12. Uh, they actually fit philosophically the way they play the game better in the Big 10. Yeah. Mr. 2.0 wants to know any word on how the King of Dublin reacted to Notre Dame's loss. I, I heard that he uh, put in a request to get his shillelagh back. <laughs> That'd be something. <laughs> Another one from Salty. The Utah Jazz announced a direct-to-consumer streaming option with very fan-friendly pricing. Would you pay a season rate to stream Notre Dame on mobile devices? I mean... Salty. Like you're asking probably us the wrong people because we're right. at all the Notre Dame stuff. And you're also asking the wrong person because I'm about as cheap as they get. And so That's fair. Vince would find a way to scam it. Like I would find a way. Yes, I would find a way 
to make it happen so I wouldn't have to pay for it. But if I am the general fan of Notre Dame and I was guaranteed to get all 12 games on this streaming service for a quote-unquote fan-friendly price, whatever that may be, I would probably pay it, to be honest with you. If that was the only way for me to watch Notre Dame football, I would pay it. I would. I would, too. And I I think that um, I won't be surprised. I don't know. The NBC contract is is going to play a big part in all of this going forward. Uh, I'll be really curious to see, you know, because – well, and again, you've got a guy with a TV background who's taken over as athletic director, so you're sure. going to have kind of a different philosophy look, approach going forward. Notre Dame fans have been very spoiled uh, having Notre Dame on network TV, you know, for 30-whatever years it's been. They've been very spoiled. That is not the case with any other – because, you know, and I mean, ESPN, really, you got to pay for. When you think about it, I guess – I mean, you can get – like, if, if you've got Peacock – and you're paying the premium Peacock subscription, can you get it on your mobile device? Do you know? Uh, I believe so, yeah. There's a Peacock app. There's a Peacock app, so yeah, you can. I mean, I know there's a Peacock app. What I'm saying is, is it blacked out because, like, they want you to watch it over the – like, those kind of things. That's a good – Now, I always – says yes. Timey says you can. So it's – Yeah, in the past – Yeah, in the the past, I was uh, watching – I would watch the Notre Dame broadcast – live while watching at the game right and i would do it through the peacock app okay so yeah the answer is yes but i don't have it anymore matt wants to know if you still have a flip phone i don't but here let me get it out here out of my pocket i got this bad boy right here no nope, ah. my daughter and uh it's a 10 though like it's an iphone 10 so i'm apparently they just came out with a 15 so i think i'm pretty far behind but like still texts and does all the important things that I needed to do. So I'm good. El Conquistador says Dylan goes without Chipotle once a month. <laughs> I feel like El Conquistador knows my son. It's his, <laughs> it's his favorite place to go. Vince is his Taco Bell. Dylan's a little bit more elevated <laughs> in his taste. Is. Chipotle. Which is why it's why he doesn't get to go there very often. So yeah. it's like go with the old man and get the box. <laughs> That's right, man. Five dollar box. That's right. <laughs> um, Salty wants to know: Is the staggered two game Monday Night Football format boom or bust? Mm. I don't. You're more the NFL guy than I am. What do you think? I haven't been as thrilled with it as I thought. Maybe it's just the games the last couple of weeks, but it's yeah. been kind of eh to me. I don't. I've definitely, I, I, I've definitely I flipped back and forth, but I want a back to back. Yeah. Salty also wants to know, is buying a car in America a lost art? Do you hate the idea? Do you dread the trip to the car dealership? Do you prefer the new methods? I have what, not tried any of the new methods. What are the new methods? Like they deliver it to you? Like you yeah, buy it online think, and they deliver it to some you? Of that kind of stuff. I need to I, see it. I hate the car dealership, man, because it's like, I do too. Even, if, even if you walk in the door and make a decision within the first 30 minutes, you're there. You're there for like five hours. Oh my gosh, yeah. Going through the rest of the process. It's just insane. Yep, Yep. it's terrible. And the game you have to play to try to get, you know, like the whole trying to negotiate a price 
And it's like, well, I don't know. I can't come down that hundred dollars. Are you kidding me? Mm. I'm trying to shop. I'm trying to buy a, a used car right now since I have an additional driver in the house. And that process is ridiculous too. I mean, it's just the whole, the the used car market is ridiculous right now, cost wise and trying to find just a good used car with not a lot of miles on it, you know, and just has the basic things that you want in a car. It's, Uh it's, it is ridiculous. You got to drop like five figures just to get, I'm sorry. Yeah. Five figures just to get a decent car. It's ridiculous. We, uh, the last couple cars that we bought, we bought from the same dealership. And the second time we went in, we knew, like, we had researched online and we knew what car we wanted, yada, yada. And <laughs> probably still took you hours. And, and they hours. were like, oh, you were with old Joe or whoever last time. We're going to give you him. And we we're like, we don't want him. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was not a joy to work with. Uh, that's great. Yeah. That's funny. Yes. Doing the car dealer, doing the car purchase is probably, it's, it's very low on my, and I've, I've literally before, like when my wife has, has brought it up, I'm like, you go figure out what you want. I'll show up when it's time to sign the papers. Yeah. You're not wrong about that. And, uh, somebody's talking about the insurance for, for teens. It is ridiculous. It was a hundred dollars a month for my one kid. Yeah. It's so bad. Yes, El Conquistador, yada, yada. I did buy John Voight's Baron, and I got the pencil that came with it. So, yeah, there you go. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's going to do it for tonight. Appreciate you being here. Good questions tonight. And uh, we will wrap up our week tomorrow. I guess technically we wrap up the week with Countdown to Kickoff on Friday and Saturday. But the live stuff, we wrap up tomorrow. We're uh, we're almost through this this painful week. We just need another game. It's the it's the one thing I hate about football is you got to wait a week. The wait when I was when I was coaching, playing, you know, analyst work, whatever. Waiting a week to get that taste out of your mouth after a bad loss is the worst. That's the one thing I loved about baseball. You had a game like two days later, or even the next day. You know what I mean? It was fantastic. Tyler, the misguided passion Bengi said that Ryan asked me to tell a Jesse childhood. I, I believe the, story. the the question was a an embarrassing Jesse childhood story. You should do it when Jesse's on. I was going to say, not behind his back. I'll have to think. Yeah, you have to go through the the archives here. I know. Yes, Ryan, I know. I treated you like Tommy Guns. I completely ignored you. (laughs) All right, well, that's going to do it for tonight. We will talk to you tomorrow. We will be here. Hit the like button as you leave tonight. And, of course, subscribe, rate, and review. We'll talk to you next time on Ivy Nation Sports Talk.